0: Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you're listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Alyssa Gonzalez. Alyssa is a second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023, and she's also the president of the Graduate Women in Business Club. Alyssa and I recently connected via Zoom to talk more about her background, her decision to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, how she spent her first year summer, her plans for GWIB in the year ahead, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Alyssa Gonzalez. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Brett.
0: How's everything going? How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Um, you know, I had a really busy and exciting Q1, um, but that's really the norm here at Darden. So um, just really happy to, to be on ball um, break.
0: Yep, fall break. It, I feel like it comes at a good time. Even in the second year, students are pretty pretty busy. What's been taking up uh, your first quarter? Um, what What's kept you busy?
1: Um. A lot of meeting first years and also just reconnecting with some second years. Um, It was so exciting to have the first years join Grounds and really bring that energy and, and start to get to know them, but also reconnect with the second years. So I, I definitely spent a lot of time doing that, um, which was really exciting. That's what I love. I love building this connection. So it made Q1 fly by really quickly.
0: Yeah, people talk about how busy you are as a first-year student, but to a person, every time I talk to a second-year student here on the podcast, it doesn't sound like they slow down much.
1: <laughs> yes, um, it's, it's busy, but just in a different way. So, uh, you're definitely doing a lot of stuff for class, but you have so much stuff um, with your club and organizations that you're leading and involved in. So, uh, you definitely always keep yourself busy at Darton.
0: Well, tell us a little bit more about you and, and your background. What did you do before coming to Darton?
1: Sure. So um, I'm originally from South Texas. Um, I grew up right on the border of Texas and Mexico. Um, But when I was looking for opportunities for undergrad, I wanted to go to the East Coast. Um, So I did my undergrad at Dartmouth, um, and I majored in sociology and international studies. Um, And when I got to the end of that, I realized I really liked working with people. Um, I really liked thinking about how organizations built culture. And so I kind of wanted to move into the business space. And I also realized that I really loved the East Coast, um, more so I thought at that time. Um, So I was like, I want to stay on the East Coast. What are some opportunities for me? And so I took a role at Wayfair. Um, And I was at Wayfair for about four years before I came to Darden, um, working in our category management department. So um, working with our vendors, Um, I worked in our kind of our B2B office vertical, and I was managing their portfolios and helping them grow their business on Wayfair. And I did that for some time. And then I had an opportunity to manage one of our sales team who was going out there and and recruiting new vendors. So going out there and looking at all the gaps that we had in products and bringing them on. Um, And was just really excited really got my toes wet in this uh, kind of the the business world something that I, I hadn't necessarily experienced you know studying sociology at dartmouth um but it was really really exciting really loved the east coast um and as i started to to find success um and, and look at kind of my experience and my my toolkit i was like what are some ways that i can build and add to my toolkit and that's really where um i started to look at business school and some other opportunities.
0: Yeah. How long did you thought about an MBA? Was it a relatively recent thought for you? Or is it something that you always knew you wanted to do?
1: Uh, I did not always know I wanted to go to business school. Um, I am actually the first person in my family to go to business school. So I hadn't really even considered it. Um, But when I started to, you know, feel like I was being successful at Wayfair and kind of moving up and and moving into more of these kind of like managerial positions. Um, the people who I was looking to, who I was taking inspiration from, um, all had MBAs and the rooms and the people who were leading the discussion in the rooms who I really, really was like, I want to be like that person. They also had MBAs. And so that's really where I started kind of sitting down with my mentors at Wayfair. And I was like, I'm really excited about the person in this role and, and the skill set they have. Um, what are some options you think for me to, to be able to build those, those skills? Um, and kind of the, the conversation unanimously was like, I think business school would be a really great training ground for you. Um, and that's how I, I started to get interested in it. But uh, no, that de- definitely um, hadn't been something that I had been thinking about, you know, prior to those conversations.
0: And then what about Darden particularly resonated with you?
1: so several of my bosses at Wayfair actually were darden grads uh, so i have them to thank for thinking about darden um, and really you know one of my my first managers phil who i believe graduated in 2017 um, he was talking about how transformative of an experience um, it had been for him at darden how he met such a diverse um you know set of, of classmates and really got to learn all of these different skills while he was here and then he was really talking about the case method, because one of the things I really valued about Wayfair and about the leaders that I, that I was inspired about was how they managed conversations, how they managed stakeholders, how they really balanced that conversation and got buy-in from their, their peers. And that's that was a skill set that I wanted to learn. And so Phil was like, I think the case method would be a really great way for you to build um, that skill. And so kind of been chatting with, with him about the experience that I wanted. I, I really narrowed down to a, a subset of schools and um, came to Darden, or actually at that time it was virtual. So I did the diversity conference for Darden and really got to see the case method in person and meet with people. Um, and so I, I started to see that this kind of like collaborative working style and, and learning style could be really great for me. Um, and also I think something that led me to Darden um, as well was um, the professors, so I knew that I had a lot to learn, and um, and I knew the way to build confidence for myself was to really go in there, kind of do that hard work and, and build those skill sets. And so, when I was looking at schools, you know, Darden, Darden professors were number one. They really invest in their in their students, and and I had learned about that, and and now I can attest to that. You know, they really care about you as a person, about building your skills, about getting to know you, and. I just wanted to be in that type of environment. So for all of those reasons, kind of Darden, Darden had been, you know, one of my, one of my top schools from, from the beginning of the journey. And, um, and I'm so excited to, to be here today because I think it lived up to all of my expectations.
0: What was it about the case method that really resonated with you? Because we talk with prospective students, I think many of them, like they, they hear that word and they're like, oh yeah, um, but a lot of folks don't know specifically exactly what it entails.
1: Yeah, I think what was specifically about the case method that really lends itself to me is I've always worked really good in groups. Um, And so I, I have I do my best learning in groups because I can kind of share my perspective, but then hear other people's perspectives. And thinking back to those leaders that I that I was really inspired by their ability to kind of handle stakeholders and, and take their different perspectives into mind and you'll know, be able to change their own perspective as well as they're having that conversation like that's the skill I wanted to learn and that's what I see myself and my classmates do every day in the classroom is you know being able to talk about these topics you know where someone might have an expertise in it um someone might not someone might see it a little bit differently and you're having to kind of keep this ebb and flow of the conversation and the learning going, you know, for the hour or for however long uh, you're in the classroom. And I think that's just a really unique skill set that you can only learn through doing. And so what a great opportunity to be able to dive into maybe a class that I know nothing about, like accounting and be able to do that and further my learning, learn how to ask questions and and continue to have that buy-in from my classmates and find the experts in the room. Um, That is just such an underrated um, you know, learning that, that we have here at Darden. And I don't know if people necessarily understand that that's really what, to me, what the beauty of the case method is and what I think is gonna make me a successful leader in the future.
0: Yeah, some of the faculty talk about this idea of okay, so you say this is what I think we should do or these are, these are my reasons uh, why I think we should pursue uh, this particular course of action. And then someone says something and maybe disagrees with you and you have to figure out how to pivot. Um, maybe what they just said resonates with you and you're like, oh yeah, that's a good point. So now I think we, we should do this. And you have to do that with credibility in a way that like you still, you know, have influence in the conversation. That's not the easiest thing to do
1: no it's definitely not but i think you are such a better leader if you can learn how to master that and really be an active listener and take in all these like new pieces of information that that you're given so um that's definitely a credit to to the darden professors and how they they build that environment in the classroom
0: so you come to darden as a as a first year student um what was that adjustment process like we talked to so many students and they look back on their first year, it feels like everybody's got some kind of learning curve or probably more accurately learning curves in that, in that first year.
1: Definitely. Um, I think for me, one of, the, one of the tough things was just adjusting to the new routine and learning how to really manage my time. So I would gotten into a really good routine kind of in the, work, in the workplace and um, had, to, had to change that and, and really start to study again and figure out how to balance that. Um, as well as building relationships with my classmates and doing recruiting, so it was a lot of just learning to be flexible with this with this new um, kind of routine that that I was starting to build for myself. Um, and I think another thing too that I struggled with a little bit at the beginning is you know you t- you typically get to business school because you've been doing really great at whatever you're doing. You know you you've made your, you've gotten yourself to that like that peak of success, and then you come to business school, and if you're like me. You have a lot of things to learn, and so you're not always, you know, the most knowledgeable person in the room. Um, you know, for me, I, I struggled with some of my quantitative classes, so I needed to figure out how to how do you ask questions when you really don't know what the topic is, and how do you, you know, find those experts who are, are willing to, you know, give up their time to help teach you and. And um, and so really, you know, just learning how to be comfortable with not knowing and, and rebuilding those skills and, and knowing that you're going to be better for it at the end. So I think that was a little bit of a learning curve for me as well. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely so grateful to everyone who, who really gave up their time to help me feel stronger and, and learn a ton of new stuff throughout CORE. Um, so I think that that was good. And then I think the last thing that was kind of uh, an adjustment is... While you're in this space and you're taking in so much new knowledge and information and you're and you're making friends and you're exploring new companies, you also have to prioritize yourself and remind yourself, you know, why you came to business school, what are things that fill you with joy and, and help you feel grounded. And sometimes it's it's easy to to make yourself the the last priority on the list. And so I think that was also, you know, a last thing that I um, I, I needed to figure out the first year, but I think we'll I'll be better for now that I've really done some time thinking about, you know, what those things are that, that make me happy and bring me joy and, and, and help me uh, continue learning.
0: Well, I want to talk about a few things that you just mentioned, Alyssa. I'll start with your last point. Um, you know, kind of keeping the focus on you and remembering, you know, what brings you joy and also thinking about why you took this step in the first place. It can get really easy at least my impression and talking with business school students could get really easy to caught up to get caught up in other people's goals or interests or just following the crowd so to speak because I I don't know maybe it's FOMO maybe it's just human nature Um, uh, any thoughts or perspective uh, that you'd want to offer on that point
1: yeah someone told me while I was starting this process of thinking about business school to write a letter to myself about kind of what my goals were and what I was hoping to achieve. And I thought it was really silly at the moment, but they were really insistent on, on having me kind of like write that, that note down. And so I did it. I wrote a note to myself on my phone and I felt the times where I started to kind of get caught up in what everyone else was doing and not necessarily running my own race. Um, I actually pulled up that note and, and reminded myself, um, and one of the things I kind of gave myself grace on is I didn't have to have every single bit and piece of that note down pat. You know, I didn't need to have achieved all of these goals I had set for myself. But I found one or two that I felt like I was working towards and just reminded myself like, hey, like you said you wanted to conquer your fear of finance. And here you are in finance class. And I just took, you know, valuations class. And, and I had to sit there and remind myself, you didn't, you didn't know what any of this stuff was. At the beginning of this class and look at everything that you've learned, like you've definitely achieved this. And so I start to remind myself of those like small things that I wanted to learn throughout this process. And that definitely helps me remind myself that I am running my own race, um, that I am, you know, here to build these skills that I, I personally need. And those might be different than, than my friends and, and what they're looking for. And so Highly recommend to anyone listening, um, write yourself that note as silly as it sounds, um, but it has been so helpful to me in in those moments um, of just reminding and celebrating everything that I've accomplished in this past year.
0: That is a great example. It's actually, um, I come from the law school world and that's something that we used to do with first year law students, another group of students who can sometimes feel a bit lost in the experience or you know, everybody's kind of figuring it out and you look at this person, you're like, gosh, that person seems to really know what they're doing And this other person. And I'm somehow the only person who doesn't know what's going on. The reality is no one really knows and you're all just kind of figuring it out, but and it's maybe just posturing a bit, but it, it can be really easy to kind of lose track of what's important to you or what's, you know, what's valuable to you in that kind of environment. So a letter is a, it's a really nice touch.
1: Yeah, no, I I have to find that person who gave me that advice because it, it was it was really great. It was a great one, and it's just saved me in those those moments. So I really I really do value that little note that I have in my phone.
0: The other thing that you mentioned, and we've talked about this here on the podcast, but also want to get your your thoughts is this: uh, you come from a place where perhaps you were functioning with a lot of expertise, right? You knew exactly what you were doing. You were high-functioning at your job, the kind of person who thinks about going to an MBA program, and all of a sudden, you're plunged into a curriculum where you're being asked to speak about things that you have no prior experience with, and your learning curve is, well, you've never had this subject, or you've never been in this kind of class before. That is an adjustment for people who are used to kind of having everything figured out. Uh, it strikes me as probably one of the biggest adjustments for Darton students.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And I think it's, it's, um, it's a really great lesson to learn as a leader. Um, I think someone once told me, and I'm going to kind of butcher this quote that, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. And i really think about my, my leadership and kind of my aspiration of the type of leader that I want to be where, yeah, I, I want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with experts who know more than me, who are going to push my thinking, who are going to, you know, make me think about this problem from a completely different perspective and start to see like, okay, so why didn't I think that way? What am I missing here? And so I think that's, it is, it's a huge adjustment. And I think it takes the courage to raise your hand in class and be like, you know what, I actually don't know what's going on here. And and can someone help explain to me, you know, this different perspective that I maybe didn't think of initially. And I think it's in those moments where you like, raise your hand in, in, in vulnerability to, you know, to, to clarify something or to maybe share your perspective that's completely different with the perspective that someone else shared. I think those are the moments where you learn the most. And I think the moments that I'm going to remember post-business um, post school, because I think those are really the, the transformative um, moments here that you can find in the classroom.
0: It's interesting to talk with students, um, particularly if you're taking a class, like let's say, accounting. Many Darden students come without a whole lot of prior background uh, in this particular area. Um, and it can be really easy in that class to compare yourself to the person who knows a lot about accounting because guess what? They did this for, you know, in their job before they came to Darden. And it's natural tendency to say, "Gosh, I don't know as much as that person. Um, if you could both see that to your point, it's like, what a great opportunity to learn from this person, but also to acknowledge, like, this person has a bit of a head start on this than me. But, you know, I'm here to learn. Uh, that's the most important thing is to remind yourself why you're here in the first place.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and like you said, I, I, I came here because I had so much to learn from, you know, those those experts, especially in accounting. Um, as much as I love, I love Luann, I, I did not have uh, much experience with that um, during my, my core. And so I learned a ton and I, and I listened a ton in that class and hopefully I'm, I'm better off for it.
0: Well, Alyssa, how did you spend your, your first year summer?
1: This summer, um, I spent it on the West coast. Uh, I interned for Apple in their supply chain and procurement department. Um, so I I had done something similar to, to procurement, um, at Wayfair, you know, when I was managing our vendors, but had got a really cool opportunity to see the supply chain and the procurement space from a different perspective. So I was on a team that um, was looking at new product development. So my core products were iPhone and iPad. I mean, we were thinking about, you know, as we bring on new features, how do we do some cross modeling for for those new um, products that are coming out? So really cool to see really the full life cycle of a product um, work in, in a familiar space, in the procurement space, but also just learn so many new things and then work for you know, a really cool tech company. Um, so I, I, I'm so grateful for my experience over the summer um, and uh, um, could not have, have you know, spent it in, in a better place.
0: One of the things we sometimes hear from students is that internship kind of helps give them some clarity on all the things that they did during their first year. As students, or kind of have have the full picture now. Did did you appreciate the core or the experience you had a first as a first year student at Darden, as you know through your internship?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I joked about this with um, Luann on my, my accounting professor was, you know, one of the first days I was looking through some rows of data and I saw, you know, overhead and manufacturing value add and I started laughing. I was like, oh, my goodness, these are all the things that we learned about in accounting. I actually know what these line items are. And then, you know, a big bulk of my project was, you know, using Tableau. Um, which is a skill that I literally learned Q4 of, of my first year. And so honestly, without the, without the tools that I had learned, you know, in that first year, I don't think I would have been as successful as I was during my internship. So um, it was very, very exciting to, to take what I learned in the classroom and put it into practice. Um, so definitely, definitely worth, you know, all the hours I spent studying in Q1. And, and, and sorry, throughout the core.
0: So you, you come back to Darden. Second year is a year where students are really kind of choosing how they want to spend their time. One of the things that you've taken on is president of the Graduate Women in Business Club. We've talked about this club a bunch here on the podcast, but some of our listeners may be new to what uh, GWIB is. Uh, that's the acronym here at Darden. Do you want to share a little bit more about what this student club does?
1: Sure, sure. Um, so GWIB or the Graduate Women in Business um, Club here. Um we support all of the women in the first year and the second year class. And so because of that, we are the largest student organization um, on grounds, which is really, really exciting. And our goal is to make Darden a place that feels, you know, inclusive of women and, and women at all stages of, of their experience. So we work really hard um, to support women across, you know, academics, um, as well as just kind of community building and recruiting. Um, and what's really exciting about that is, you know, GWIB was one of the first groups that I really connected with when I when I got here to Darden and actually honestly prior to Darden because we do a lot of work with prospective students and so it's been really, really nice to to really follow the trajectories of a lot of my classmates and myself and you know, take our, you know, building bridges, you know, in the community sense of doing a lot of community programming, but you know also see that, you know, play out in the academic space as well as the recruiting space. So it's, it's been really, really wonderful to, to really think about that programming and being really deliberate about making the women of the Darden community feel like they are empowered um, to be able to take on these leadership roles here at Darden and then Feel successful bringing those skill sets and that confidence in, into the workplace with them. After
0: what attracted you to serving as president uh, of the club? You only have so much time, and being president takes uh, a fair amount of time. How did you decide that this is what you wanted to do uh, during your second year? So,
1: this kind of decision actually starts prior to, to applying to business school because one of the things I had noticed is that I had very few female bosses and female mentors um, in in the organizations that I had been a part of prior to Darden. And so for me, coming into business school, it was really important for me to build mentorships and, and those peer relationships with the women in my class, because I know how um, important it is to, to feel empowered um, and, and kind of the different experience that women face, you know, in, in the business world. And so coming in to Darden my first year, I had the opportunity to run for um, my section's gender equity rep. And so I was lucky enough to get that role, and that was really my first connection and touch point to Gwib. And I really enjoyed this role because it it allowed me to build this community for the women in my particular section, but then also to connect with the Gwib board and get a general and a bigger understanding of what the experience for women was like at Jardin. You know what what were we doing well? What what did we want to do better? Um, and how could we work with the administration to to build that community that we that we were hoping to build? Um, and so I think from that work and kind of the incredible uh, mentorship that the, the prior GWIB president had kind of set out. Natalia was incredible and she was such an inspiration to me. And so I saw a lot of the work that she was doing and I and I wanted to continue doing that work. Um, and so that that's really where I decided to to run for Globe president because I knew that it's so important to ha- to have women feel like they can come into the business space, feel like they can see themselves in, in you know graduate school and in particular in business school. We need to support diverse voices, and, and it starts with you know getting women to, into business school and into, into the classroom and into the spaces uh, like we, were, we have here at Darden um, to really share their perspective and, and start, to, start to shape kind of the future of the business landscape. So that's really where I was so committed and so um, passionate about um, making that a reality for more prospective women that I, I couldn't think of a better opportunity um, than, than to do that from the GLb president position.
0: So I, I have a hunch of where this where your answer might go on the, on the, to this next question, but I'm curious. What are your goals for uh, this year as you look ahead um, to the coming months? What do you, what do you want to accomplish with GWIB uh, as as president?
1: Yeah. So there's there's a lot of goals that that we're we're thinking of, but I think one of the first one was making sure that all women at Darden felt like they could see themselves in the GWIB board in, in the, the different initiatives that, that GWIB was putting on. And so I'm really, really fortunate this year to have a very diverse board of women that I believe truly span all of the different experiences that, that women have here at Darden. And so it's been such an incredible um, experience and honor to be able to work with them to think about you know, the programming that we're putting on. Um, but I, you know, I also, you know, outside of just you know, thinking about how do we make Darden a more inclusive space, um, I also wanted to think about building bridges of allyship. So I think my, you know, another one of my core initiatives is to really think about how do we build um, these, these points of connection across all of our affinity groups? Um, how do we, we think about allyship? Because allyship can be very intersectional. Um, and then you know, in thinking about gender equity in the classroom, you know, how do we build uh, allyship with our male allies? Um, so we work really closely with one of our groups here on, on campus called Allies for Gender Equity. Um, and we're thinking about, you know, how do we start having these conversations about gender equity and the way that it appears in the classroom and in the workspace? And how do we invite people into this conversation you know, to begin their allyship journey with us? And so I think that's something that I, I, I want to spend a lot of my time on of this this year, um, thinking about that, because I think that's that's a really, really important Space um, for us if we're really truly changing the environment to be more inclusive and supportive and empowering for for women. So that's that's just a, a few of the places where where my board and I are are spending a lot of our energy.
0: And how have those ally conversations gone? Have people been receptive uh, to the outreach?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, they've they've definitely been receptive. Um, it's it's a little it's a little new of of an initiative, and so. Um, we're you know, we're definitely in the beginning stages. But um, what's really great is that we have a lot of you know students here um, at Darden who are excited about starting that conversation. We have a lot of support from administration as well as well as the professors. And so, um, you know, while we're at the beginning stages, we are making a lot of progress and I'm seeing a lot of people who are passionate and who are energetic, um, about, you know, really starting to create this type of space and environment that can have these types of conversations. So I'm really hopeful for, for
0: our work and for the future. Well, what would you want prospective students to know about GWIP? It sounds like you, you know, obviously you Current students play a huge role in sharing their experience with prospective students and the recruitment process with plays a very important role in, in all of this, but what would you want prospective students to, to know about um, gwit in particular?
1: That we are a community that can, can be there for you that you can lean on even before you arrive to Grounds. So as you mentioned, you know we do a lot of work with admissions and I talk to a lot of prospective students and I think that's one of the most exciting parts about my role. Um, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear, you know, maybe what are some of the, the things that are preventing you from uh, applying to business school or some of the concerns that you have, um, you know, for when you get to business school and the environment that's there. I think that's what really drives kind of our, our core goals and what, we, what we're marching towards as an organization. And so, um, you know, we, we really do take your advice and, and try to build, you know, a better community um, for you so that when you get here, you feel successful. Um, and then also, I think something that that Glib really is trying to do is is help you start to build those connections again from before you get to Darden, but connections are going to last a lifetime. And so I think also our our alumna are incredible here at Darden, and and you know they will they will always take the time to connect with with a, a fellow uh, Darden um, alum. And so it's it's really great to to start to build that network of really incredible and inspiring women. Um, here at Darden, and, and know that you're going to be able to have that that network, you know, as you go forward with you. So, that's um that's the something that we that we're hoping to to build and, and to do, and in and what's really exciting. And, and I'm looking forward to to being able to continue to tap into that network even after I graduate this next year.
0: Well, what are you looking forward to in the in the coming months? Uh, just wrapped up Q1. You're on fall break right now, so you still got a few more quarters until graduation. Yeah.
1: I do I do well we have our big GWIB conference coming up um in uh, q two so I'm really excited about that because um, it's an opportunity for us to um, have touch points with between the first year women in their class but also with recruiters um, and this year it's fully in person so we're bringing recruiters you know to Charlottesville and we're having everything in person and live and in fostering those like smaller um, touch points in, in, in ways of connecting for the women of the first year class. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, and then aside from that, um, I'm taking some really exciting classes. Um, thinking about going on my second Darden worldwide course to uh, Australia, maybe I, I did Finland and Estonia last year. So getting to do some of that really cool international travel with, with some professors um, and then also exploring Charlottesville. I think I um, I have some, some more time to to just soak in the beautiful, beautiful area that is Charlottesville. And, and I will definitely miss it next year. So I'm definitely hoping to take advantage of that.
0: One of the cool things uh, that to talk with current students about is, well, how much they enjoy uh, being in Charlottesville and all, all the things to do here. I think for a lot of our students, this is you know the the choice is you know when you think about NBA programs, it's oftentimes around big city or smaller town. Well, Charlottesville is a, a college town and plays a big role in the experience uh, that students have here at Darden. And uh, you know, to my impression is that people enjoy the access to the nature activities and all the great restaurants and just the quality of life you can have you can have here.
1: I I would definitely echo that. I think when I was looking for a program and I was, I was deciding between, you know, big city or, you know, a smaller, um, smaller town. And I think the environment that I was looking for was one where it was a community where everyone was really bought in and, you know, wanted to spend time together, you know, in, in whatever location we were in. And and I really found that to be the case um, in Charlottesville, you know, going to a vineyard or going on a hike or, you know, Spending some time, you know, around Darden at Cold Call, really just the environment facilitates these opportunities of connections and really making deep, meaningful connections with your classmates. And so I couldn't thank Charlottesville more for for having that be the case and kind of the experience that I've had here.
0: Well, Alyssa, we ask all of our guests the same last question. Um, is Is there a piece of advice you would offer to our prospective student listeners, something you would encourage them to think about as they, as they proceed forward on their MBA journey?
1: Yeah, I think I had a really hard time building up the confidence to apply to business school. I wasn't sure if I was qualified or if I was you know, the right candidate that they were looking to bring into the classroom. Um, but I was so thankful for my mentors who really helped me build that confidence and, and apply and, and really think about pushing myself to that next step. And so for anyone who's listening, I would say, don't count yourself out. Um, you have incredible skills that would be so valuable in the classroom. Um, just let yourself take that leap of faith, um, and, and, and see where, and see where you end up. And so I'm, I'm so thankful to my mentors who helped, you know, push me to do that and to Darden and the consortium for making kind of this dream a reality of of going to business school. So, um, you know, it's, it's so important to have, you know, more women and, and in, in the business world and um, to really be able to build that confidence in yourself. So um, do that thing that scares you, take that leap of faith. Um, you, know, you never know where you'll end up, but um, hopefully it'll be somewhere great. And who knows, you might end up here in Char- Charlottesville um, studying at Darden. So uh, definitely, I encourage you to, to take that risk.
0: Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for taking some time out of your fall break, no less, uh, for the podcast. It's been great talking with you, and and thank you for all the work that you and the other members of the Guided Board are doing on on behalf of the Dart community.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's it's truly a pleasure, and and the best way to spend my my second year. So I'm really excited about it.
0: All right. Well, um, best of luck in the quarters ahead, and, and best of luck with the QIP conference. Uh, we had the conference chairs on the podcast not so long ago, and it sounds like it's going to be a great event.
1: Um, it definitely is. They've done such great work, so I'm, I'm so excited for it.
0: And that was my interview with Alyssa Gonzalez, a second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023 and the president of the Graduate Women in Business Club. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover, Here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.